Hello and welcome everyone. It's my great pleasure to introduce my research for the Women in Global Health um, conference today. And um, I would like to share my screen with you now. So I will go into this mode and um, present my presentation. And what I'm gonna talk to you about today is um, my research on um, mental health impacts on COVID-19. And it's a multinational study. So first, um, a little overview of the published papers we've so far published during um, this year, past year. And um, yeah, my research is mainly in Shanghai, as you can see in the picture and also in the background here. And um, what I would like to share, and I think a lot of you already know that, um, being women in global health, is the global um, burden of disease. And with the global burden of disease, we measure how much uh, an um, disorder or an, um, uh, such as depression and anxiety costs the national and global um, societies. And mental and neurological and substance use disorders make up to 10% of the global burden of disease and 30% of the non-fetal fatal disease. Um, burden. So this is actually pre-COVID numbers. So speaking of these numbers now during the pandemic is, is to take it with a grain of salt since um, we know that during the pandemic the numbers of mental health disorders have been increasing. Around one in five of the world's children and adolescents have a mental health disorder and depression is one of the leading causes of disability affecting 264 million people globally. About half of the mental health disorders also begin before the age of 14. And I will go a little bit into why this is important and refer to research I'm doing in that area. And almost 800,000 people die by suicide every year. That is one person dying from suicide every 40 seconds. And suicide is one of the leading causes of death in individuals aged 15 to 29. So um, we are doing a global study looking at um, the impact of the pandemic on pregnant women. And as you can see here, um, this is how we recruit our participants. We recruit our participants around the world uh, through social media. And um, so I'm talking first here about this global study I'm doing together with colleagues from around the world. And what we want to see is to see a relation, whether there is a relationship um, between the pandemic and anxiety, depression, and in severe cases, PTSD during pregnancy. And what we've done is, or I've been starting initiating this study, is to collaborate with people from around the world. So we have um, this global survey uh, launched in Shanghai, mainland China, in Hong Kong, Taiwan, all over the US in all states, in Sweden, Norway, and in Switzerland in three different languages, French, Italian, and German. And I will talk a little bit about the preliminary results like very, very briefly. Um, because we haven't really analyzed the data yet because we're waiting to get enough numbers in each of the participating countries. 
What I've also done is a survey and an interview study in, in Sweden, um, interviewing pregnant women about their experience during um, the pandemic and ask them about their mental well-being. We've also done a small study in Shanghai and asked uh, pregnant women about their experience, specifically also with the um, social media and media um, information and how they perceive that information. And what I'm running um, as well is, and that is a study that we're doing in, in Shanghai and Hong Kong, is a randomized controlled trial looking at web-based intervention during pregnancy to reduce the risk and severity of mental health disorders and preventing adverse pregnancy outcomes among women um, living in metropolitan areas. So the global uh, survey questionnaires are an anxiety scale that probably most of you are familiar with, the GAD7. We use the Edinburgh Depression Scale and we use to assess um, PTSD, the impact of event scale revised and a COVID specific questionnaire. These are the international collaboration partners that are part of this global um, global survey on mental health in um, Europe, Asia, and the US. So the, um, this is just to show you um, here in the US, we are listed under the uh, Human Milk Bank Association as one of the um, research studies they're doing. So I'm really proud of having this opportunity because it is shared in all states of the US. So we have actually a great opportunity to be able to be visible in, in all states. And this is going to be interesting to see since the US has handled the pandemic very differently in different parts of the states. So back to Stockholm. So we've done, um, as I mentioned, an interview study looking at um, how pregnant women um, considered to be pregnant during the pandemic. And what pregnant women in Stockholm have said is that they feel that they're a forgotten group in society. And I think being this Women in Global Health is such an important way, a platform to share how important it is to look at, at women um, and how they, they are impacted um, during the pandemic. Just before um, this lecture, I've actually done an interview um, with a colleague from Karolinska Institute looking at fathers. And we had a we did a podcast together and looking at his research, focusing more on fathers and father involvement. And what we actually found in, in this interview study was very interesting was that the partner support was one of the most, if not the most important aspect um, for creating stability in these pregnant women. And they were very concerned that their partner wasn't allowed to be part of the antenatal visits. It was also a lot of uncertainty whether he was being allowed to be at the delivery and um, therefore not as involved as he used to be. What we also have seen that um, these pregnant women were feeling isolated and outside of the social context, it was okay to go to Ikea, but it wasn't okay to bring your partner neither to the antenatal visit nor um, in some cases to um, the delivery ward. 
They were also worrying a lot about getting effect, um, infected by COVID and they felt very lonely. And they also felt extremely powerless in the perinatal care. And I think this powerlessness is really important because if we start women um, being powerless during their antenatal care, how do they feel powerful when they deliver their child and, and also feel powerful in their role as mothers and role models for the future generation? So this is a really important message, I think, to convey outside. And um, the media impact on pregnant women was also an issue. They um, also gathered information mainly through social media, which is another concern because social media is a good way to, to sort of feel included in a, in a community. However, the information is often not um, coming from professionals. So um, this is another aspect. So a brief preliminary result from the um, US, Sweden and Switzerland part of, of the um, global survey. And what we have seen is that women with increased um, or higher levels of anxiety were characterized by low income, no healthcare professional information and high COVID concerns. And um, the variable bad events based on the event um, questioned in the beginning of the COVID survey are clearly also a co-risk factor. Sort of, did you experience some drastic event during the past year? And if they answered yes, then that was a co-risk factor for increased anxiety. And so higher risk to have susceptible, to be susceptible for anxiety are these particular women and what is actually important and what they could benefit from in order to reduce their anxiety is as simple as information. So really this, this is something important. And also as this is going to hand in hand with what we've seen in the interview study is that the women actually need information and need information from trusted sources. They feel excluded, they feel powerless in the in the care they get and therefore we need to provide as much information directly to the women and their partners in order for them to reduce their feelings of anxiety depression and in severe cases also ptsd so what can we do interventions uh, for the target population can be very helpful such as as I mentioned, our randomized controlled trial, looking at um, web-based psychosocial support during pregnancy and the postpartum period. And we've started with this um, pre-COVID as well, because I've done research in China, in Shanghai, where over 80% of the women that we had in our survey and interview studies were actually saying they prefer a web-based support rather than a face-to-face -face support because of the lack of being able to travel with a little child or during pregnancy. And during the pandemic, of course, this is even more relevant. And what we also were, are interested in in this global survey is to look at different cultural um, behaviors facing this kind of crisis and whether there is differences in Asia versus Europe versus the US. And we will be definitely looking at this once we have enough data available.
So the perinatal mental health concerns of COVID-19, I think we have now um, enough um, information that we can definitely say that a prolonged pandemic chaos increases mental health disorders. And these strict public health measures in mitigating COVID-19, uh, such as no visitors at the hospitals, uh, impact pregnant women very much and labor without the partners, sometimes traumatizing. And these negative psychological effects can be stress, anxiety, depression, anger, confusion, and in severe cases, PTSD. There is obviously also economic consequences and uncertainties that also impact these pregnant and postpartum women and can escalate the psychological burden and worsen perinatal mental health outcomes. Harmful coping methods can be alcohol and substance abuse, but also gender-based intimate partner violence because you're constantly together in a small space. There's no way to escape this. And all the, the worries and stress factors can increase um, the risk for um, domestic violence. And, and also a reduction in preventative uh, help-seeking behaviors because people are not going out and not wanting to visit antenatal care clinics because they're afraid um, to either get infected or um, that they, they, they don't want to leave their house um, for, for other reasons. So there is an increased risk of suicide, of course, as well, which is a, a concern. And as I mentioned in the beginning, suicide risk in young people is already high. And during this pandemic, it is increasing. So this is just to show you a little bit how I'm working usually in, in mainland China and Shanghai, interviewing healthcare professionals about their experience to treat pregnant and postpartum women and their families. And um, yeah, um, so um, what can we do to improve mental health um, during um, the perinatal period? Um, I'm looking at if web-based services can be uh, a use and also find um, target policymakers to increase their awareness of perinatal mental health. And I think the Global Men, Women in Global Health is a very good platform to raise awareness and integrate mental health services more in communities, sort of low key services that is not, oh, I need to go to a psychiatrist, I'm so sick, um, but rather sort of low key opportunities and Together with my colleague who's a midwife and a researcher at Karolinska Institute, we're running a um, bi-weekly online webinar where we invite people um, to sign up and a Q&A on different topics related to parenting, childhood, childcare, and pregnancy and the postpartum period, especially now during the pandemic. We also work together with a nonprofit organization um, working for peer-to-peer -peer support to bridge the gap between um, healthcare professionals providing psychological support versus um, the women that actually, or families that would need this support. And my goal as a, as a researcher and also as a global healthcare professional is to reduce the population burden of mental health disorders through research, training, and advocacy. And I'm really passionate about using science to overcome the burden of mental health and focus on 
primarily preventable measures um, for these uh, health problems globally. So thank you very much for listening. And um, if you have questions, please do not hesitate to email me. Here are my contact details. And um, this is um, Shanghai in the night. I miss it dearly. And I hope I can go back and continue my research as, as usual in, in this um, current year. Thank you.